Excellent. So welcome everyone to the On the Spectrum podcast. I am Steve. No, I'm Nick. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm Steve. Yeah. And with us today is a special guest, a fellow podcaster, a fellow person on the spectrum. Uh, he is the host of Autism Rocks and Rolls. Uh, Sam, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Hey, brother. Thanks for having me on. Hey, very welcome. Uh, as I always do at the beginning of every episode, me and Steve, and I assume Sam as well, do not presume to be experts about anything whatsoever. This is just our version of life and how we live on the spectrum. I'm, I'm doing the shorter version of that, Steve. <clears throat> I'm, no, I'm no longer going into the long diatribe of it. So, Sam, thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Not a problem, guys. Um, thanks for letting me come on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're fans. It's nice to see other people out there who are doing podcasts related to autism as well. Thank Don't you focus so much. on me. I, I agree. There's a lot of talk about autism that needs to be spread. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot. Uh, you've especially been doing in our it own a lot community. Than us. Oh yeah. He's definitely so how how long have you been doing it for? Um, since October 2019. 19. So you've been wow. doing it for a few years now. Yeah. Yeah. We just started a few months ago, so we're still new. Oh boy. We're new. How are you guys like it so far? Uh, it's kind of awesome. Actually, it's, it's interesting because me and Steve, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so started talking about doing a podcast together and we were kicking around different ideas and we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to do with it and how we wanted to do it. Cause obviously it was COVID and we still wanted to have a creative outlet and then one day, um, one of the two of us said to the other one, why don't we do it on autism since we're both on the spectrum? And uh, we still continue to kick that around a little bit. But then we finally uh, so did it. Are you guys, guys just like buddies, father and son? or or He said father and son. I mean, I do call him daddy on occasion. <laughs> oh, that's so fucked. That's so messed up. Um, before, I, before I swear too much, Sam, do you mind if I curse? Nope, not Good. at all. Good. Uh, I've thought about the J in front of me, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. Have you have you listened to um, any of our uh, episodes thus far? I haven't. I've been busy, man. I, if I had the time, I would. But whew. well, they you, are air tech picking up. Yeah, you you definitely are a very busy human being. Um, but no, me and Steve are just good friends. Uh, we've actually been in an improv sketch comedy group for about six years together. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's cool. I was, I was wondering your relation to each other. Yeah. We're just good friends who banter a lot. Well, the reason I asked you if you listened to any of our content was because I didn't know if you, if you knew what to expect. So it was where, um, we're a little valid. silly, but that's kind of the reason why that sometimes I don't like to listen to the content. It's not because I know nothing against podcasters. It's just because I like to keep it a surprise for myself too. Absolutely. It's a good way to be. Well, surprise, we're autistic. <laughs> well, I knew that, but I meant like as far as personality, as far as just how people roll, what the questions will be. That's why I don't like it because I want to keep myself, you know, hanging like, ooh, how's this one going to go? Right. So you've been doing this since 2019. Um, what do you think was the your your uh the most surprising moment for you thus far while doing it like what what has been like a defining moment for you while you've been doing this podcast well i mean all of it's been defining because initially so i'll say this for how it started if you guys don't mind and, and I'll answer, but i'll also answer your question so it started i joined my high school's media club and i fell in love with it so much that i did the podcasting i didn't think i was gonna love it but i did and being a Senior high school, though, I knew I had to graduate eventually. So the only way I knew to continue my media skills was to start my own podcast. And I did. Now, the, to answer your question, I was initially thinking it would be like a fifth, like 17 downloads, and that's it. Three or four people listen to it here and there, but I'm doing it for me for therapy. What's he do? Awesome. But little did I know, it was starting to grow where it, we got sponsors turned to a nonprofit with events and speaking engagements. And that was just probably the biggest surprise is after that initial hobby phase, it went to the business phase, which I never expected it to make into. I just thought it was going to be a hobby and a kid in the basement sharing his experiences. But people started listening. Then the numbers started going up. It was 118. It was recently my highest number I've gotten was, I think, one over 100. So I was expecting over 100 downloads. 
Wow. It's so, awesome. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, do you do it full time at the moment? What else do you do besides well, the podcast? Well, I'm at, I'm at college right now. I actually went to Vincennes University, which is, which is in Vincennes, and you have for an orientation. So I plan on moving there in a couple months. So I'm going to try and enjoy my summer first. But yeah, it's probably one of my um, part time jobs. I'm hoping that I can make this organization into something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And it kind of already is. But I want it bigger than myself. I want to be on the same page as uh, what's 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 the big company? as Wendy's. You want it to be as big as Wendy's? Absolutely. That'd be that'd be kind of awesome. Can I take the number one, the autism classic with cheese? There you go. There you go. Uh, you you'll be the the largest autistic owned and operated business. That'd be awesome. Um, I know that would be awesome. I know, right? Uh, question for you though, because. You, you said things have gotten bigger for it. Reverse that. Sorry, I had three questions at one time, Sam. Uh, you said you're going to college, uh, and you said the name of the college, but where is that college? Vincent, Indiana. It's an, it's an hour from me. Oh, okay. But it's in Indiana. As we went, and it turns out they're very good with special needs, like physical or mental. That's kind of what they're known for. Oh, okay. But they kind of they operate like a big college. But it's really small. You can easily walk from point A to point B within five minutes. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Uh, what are you going to go to school for? Uh, broadcasting. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, I just or went for those silly things like counseling. So I noticed that yeah. you have a uh, <clears throat> you have a lot of guests on your show. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, so... Is there one guest in particular that stands out, or do you not feel comfortable saying that? Oh, I feel comfortable saying it. Um, well, there's a lot that stand out, but from a personal standpoint, there's a lot of personal ones that stand out to me, and I can get into it. So personal, it's Mick Foley. One, because I watched him grow up, and two, he was kind of my um, idol growing up. I mean, I respected him for the wrestling moves, his sense of adventure with the bump. And mm-hmm. now we're going to meet with this nice, humble teddy bear and one of the most humble people with the sun meal on spectrum. So it's like, I think Mick Foley knows the tough days I've had. Uh, so understood. that's like, the wrestler. So kind of meeting your hero's ordeal. Right. And so, then, oh, I was going to say, Sam, because um, you said you grew up with him. Um, who did, what character did you meet Mick Foley through first? Um, well, it was honestly just through Mick. I mean, Mick Foley. Okay. It wasn't through man, Jack the Shack, do love. But watching him, my first one I heard about was Mankind. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I I kind of figured, I do believe you're a little bit younger than I am. I actually remember when he was Cactus Jack first and foremost, before he even came up with the other two. Um, yeah, I remember watching him then. I'm also super big into wrestling as well. Do you still watch to this day? Yeah, I got to catch up on it now. I'm a little behind, but I'm not far behind. I'm like a week behind, but oh. I like to watch it on end. So I don't have to watch a commercial. Right. So I can record, not record. I record it and then I can watch it on my own and just try to, you know, fast forward through the commercials. So I don't have to listen yeah. to that. Who, who likes commercials, right? Yeah, exactly. So a uh, weird question for you. If you were going to be a wrestler, what would your wrestling name be? I thought that before. And, the, the character of the comics is deranged, just pissed off, angry, 24-7 guy. You don't want to be around. It would be almost like Psycho Sid, but it would be like 24-7. Oh, okay. And I know there'd be a lot, but the way I would stand out is a Mick Foley style, mm. which is I'm a psychopath who likes pain, and that would be the character. Now, the name, though, would be Hothead. Hothead. Awesome. Hothead. I was like, just I'm was a hothead. curious. That would be a fun mm-hmm. question to ask since you guys were talking about I'm not as big into wrestling as Nick is, but, but really I just thought it'd be fun to uh, ask you what your wrestling character would be like. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Sam, you said you started doing this, you know, just cause, but what kind of drew you to doing podcasts? I mean, there's a lot of different outlets a person can use to tell their story. What drew you to doing a podcast so people could hear your story? Well, it just clicked, really. To be honest with you, there was something that, I loved about it. You know, beyond spectrum, you find that special interest of mm-hmm. yours. I mean, I don't know what you guys, and you're more than happy to tell me here in a minute, but mine is just 
the podcasting and it just really clicked. And I thought, wait a minute, this could be in my career. And this is can be relatable to you, but society tends, I think, to think we obsess with things. Well, that's not true. I think it's practically for your future skills because me with me with wrestling, I met those wrestlers. Me with the podcasting, I wasn't going to stop at 2019, and I'm running a podcast today with 15k downloads. Right. Wow. Okay. So that kind of became your thing. That's kind of cool, man. That's a good way to kind of get your information out there. And I actually really appreciate the way you kind of run your podcast is you have a lot of other people who are on the spectrum on your podcast at times. Right. I drive, Well, here's the deal, too. I want the autism because that's the main goal, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's in the name. But I want to be inclusive. I feel like, okay, it's just autism. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I want autism. I want mental health. Right. I want anxiety, depression, people with a story even. Heck, one of my people on the podcast did have autism. He was an ex-convict. Oh, wow. Maybe the, the, probably the first time you hear someone say, I want autism, anxiety, and depression. <laughs> yeah, literally. But my point is, I'm trying to get away around the autism. I have the ex-convict on. Right. Someone else I have, this is the most interesting guest I've had. Um, actually, one of my favorites, Tommy, another one of my idols, um, Tommy Stevens. Season 9 competitor from Hell's Kitchen. He did, oh. His buddy was on that drum, which I didn't know until he told me. But one, uh, his story is that one of the mission of the podcast is to obviously spread awareness about autism and promote the inclusive and disability world, but mm-hmm. success for all and how we get there. And I'll explain it. So success for all and how we get there means you look at the guy, your next door, and you think the way they think or the way they look means they're not successful. Well, you may be wrong. And this is my perfect example. Tommy Stevens. Society, he is not the poster boy for success, or he's not like the model. He's not, he's not that. I mean, he's fat dude from head to toe. And looking on it, looking at him, looking at him in the street, you think he's a dangerous guy, an ex-gangbanger. But believe it or not, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, and just a, one of my idols because he's also competitive and he's actually really safe to be around. Nice. So. <clears throat> excuse me, not to uh, change, change the topic too much, but I kind of wanted to ask you some questions directly about autism, if that's cool with you. Go ahead, man. From I mean, your I personal gonna... experience. So um, do you remember, do you know at what age you found out or what age you were diagnosed? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. So when we get into that part, I, I'm not going to say I won't answer that, but because I just don't remember much of it, but I'll tell you what I remember. So, the one thing I do remember is I was four years old and some one said to my show was I hated fireworks. Absolutely hated them behind the basement playing. We play, but now it's funny. Rock and roll music kind of helped me with that. So now I'm all about rock and roll music with the pyro loud noises. I mean, it's comical. Yeah. Okay. So if you're kind of into it or something into something enough, you can kind of overcome some of the um, sensory stuff. Some of the sensory issues. Yeah, but now I, the rock and roll music helped me like loud noises. And yeah. I love loud noises now. Um, so follow-up question to that. What do you think is the most difficult thing to explain to uh, neurotypical people uh, when it comes to like explaining your experience as an autistic person? What do you think is one of the most difficult things to, for, to try to help other people understand? Well, I think with some experiences, and you guys can probably relate to this too, you had to be there in order to understand it. True statement. True statement. Like, like you had to be, you either A, had to be in my shoes, literally, or B, you have to just be there and like, oh, if I, now since I see what's going on, because I'm seeing through my own eyes, I understand what's going on. If you're, and the explanation might not be enough. You need to like visually see it. That's true. I I think for anybody to fully understand any experience being there is probably like way better. Um, I think we being on the spectrum have kind of, and I don't necessarily mean responsibility, but I think we do have a little bit of a responsibility to help others understand even in the smallest of ways, what it is to be us and what it is to be on the spectrum. 
Because as it said, like no two autistic people are the same, right? Which means we're all going to convey a slightly different experience, even though we're both right there in the same room together. Because we are living in a neurotypical world, <laughs> and I am in a typical boy. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Um, man, you made me lose my train of thought, dude. I'm right. sorry. It made me think of Madonna. Yeah, it, Somehow it did. Um, so you got diagnosed at a very young age. Same. Yep. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah, I got yeah, so I'm right here. But... So me and Steve actually were late diagnosed. Um, I've only kind of known for about six years or so, and Steve relatively about that same amount of time. So we actually spent most of our adult life, let alone when we were kids, believing that we were, well, neurotypical. Uh, so it's been kind of an interesting, at least for me, a very interesting changeover to now looking back on my life and now viewing life now, knowing that I'm on the spectrum. Yeah. A lot of the issues I had growing up that I didn't realize were, were was a result of being on the spectrum. And I just thought, well, I'm just weird or there's something off about me. Or, or I'm a super a-hole. Yeah. And I can still be an a-hole and be on the spectrum. Yeah. But, oh, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I can I'm still... the, the big asshole out there and I'm on the spectrum yeah. someday. So. Yeah, so like I, I fully understand I can be an asshole and on the spectrum, but I also know that a lot of the times that I was called an asshole was because people and myself didn't necessarily know I was on the spectrum, so they kind of misread what I was saying or doing. Um, and there's you know some of that coming to terms with that, right? Because uh, I'm also diagnosed with bipolar, and so even when I got diagnosed with bipolar, I kind of went through that same period of reflection back on my life of like, was it my bipolar or am I just an asshole? So I had to kind of go through that reflection as well. And I'm kind of coming to terms with both of them and also trying to piece apart what was, you know, bipolar, what was autism and what was Nick, uh, which is interesting to think that there's like three parts of me that way, but we're all kind of made up of different parts, if you will. So I would uh, agree with, right. Uh, man, what, what Steve, why do I have a bit of like hesitation in me right now? I don't know. You're nervous to meet a famous person. I think I am kind of nervous to meet somebody like actually famous. Sam, you're the you're the biggest person we've had on our podcast thus far. Right. You're the most famous person we've ever had on our show. Well, thing I'm not a guy who likes to brag about is a uh, famous guy. I'm not. I'm not like that. But uh, thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, kind words. Oh, you're welcome. But we'll brag for you. If you live in Indiana, you need to know Sam because he's famous in Indiana. He's probably the third most famous person in Indiana, seconded right. only by Larry Bird. I think he's from Indiana. Oh, and, I know. Uh, he's not, I know John Mellencamp is. Or oh, John, there you go. Whatever. Yeah, John, John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg from Indiana, right? Re really? Yeah. I thought Pete Buttigieg was like California or something. No, Indiana, pretty oh, sure. Okay, Indiana. Um, the, the politician guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, whatever his name is. Booty judge. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Booty judge. <laughs> anyway, um, so Sam, let me let me let me ask you a question real quick, so we can keep moving this forward. Um, when it comes to our community, because me and Steve, obviously, we've had to increase our social media awareness and and visibility, and also pay attention to it a hell of a lot more when it comes to the autism community. But in your estimation, what do you think is potentially an issue in our community currently? And or what issues do you see that we have inside of our community that might be hindering us from being able to gain more acceptance in the NT world? Well, I mean, we're aware. I think we, we got a long way from being institutionalized where Temple Grandin was. True. But we're not accepting of it. So, I mean, there's some days where I'm still thinking – if I tell these stories, they're not going to understand them. And I think they need to understand these stories. Like when I said earlier, when I said some of these stories I don't tell because you had to be there. Mm -hmm. And some of and it's even true with the podcast. I won't say those stories because they won't get it. They hear they're like, uh, what now? Uh, so my point is, I wish they would understand more and just listen more so you can try your best to understand the story. If we explain it long enough, we try for two hours. All right, fine. You think I understand it? This is what happened. And hear me. I mean, that's something else too. 
if you listen to the story for two hours. Maybe you don't have to understand it. Be like, huh, walk away with, okay, I understand what went on. But maybe instead of, oh, this happened, man, I apologize you got to go through it. But I'm so happy you're where you're at today. And that experience made you a stronger person. Right. So, Sam, you mentioned uh, Temple Grandin. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, uh, There's, I know there's some people who are not big fans of hers because of some of her beliefs in the past and things like that. Are there any people who are on the spectrum that you're not a big fan of or have any issue with? Or, uh, you know, do you appreciate Temple Grandin and people people like her? I appreciate them all, but I mean, one guy kind of heard ain't the nicest is Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, yep. is yep. he officially diagnosed? I've heard that he's autistic, but I I read something the other day. Uh, I was on one of the Facebooky things, uh, not Facebook, TikToker things, and somebody mentioned Elon Musk, and then somebody responded with, "Well, he may look it, but we don't actually know if he is." Well, no, I thought like I thought so I don't it was, know if he's officially. I don't know if- I mean, he, he seems like he could be. Well, sure. Especially like if you've ever seen him uh, in interviews and stuff, just the way that he his you know, he interacts with people socially. It seems to me like he could be autistic, but uh, I don't know. There's a potential there, but I, I actually you're kind of touching on something. I know you're not actually trying to do it, but something I will say that I think affects our community a great deal is that idea that you can look at somebody and know if they're autistic. I think that I, that actually hurts our community quite a bit. Like, how does somebody um, look autistic? But yeah, I think exactly. when they think look autistic, they just think of a white guy like us. <laughs> well, I mean, that is that is unfortunately the stereotyped representation, isn't it? I mean, what do you think, Sam? What do you think about it? Well, I mean, I don't think we they we look autistic. I I don't see you know just any facial differences. Right. I mean, with that. Syndrome is different because they have that extra chromosome uh-huh. and it's kind of, what do you call it? The best way to describe it is smashed in. I don't know how you would describe it. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's maybe there's physical, yeah, like, there's physical specific, features that are, yeah. that are specific to right. people with Down I don't think there is. I think once you speak to us, then you realize, like, mm. okay. Well, I've seen tons of people who are autistic who you would have no idea. They don't look what you stereotypically think of is like what people think of when they think stereotypically autistic. Yeah. Like there's plenty of women or mm-hmm. um, people of color who don't fit the, the stereotype. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I agree with what you just said, Sam. Uh, it's until we speak and then people kind of hear it. But even with that, like, yes, there's that stereotype of the monotone voice and the more flatter affect, if you will, but that doesn't necessarily represent all of us. Like I'm on the spectrum and I have two children who are on the spectrum, one uh, female, one male. And uh, neither one of them sound the stereotypical, you know, kind of autism way, if you will. And I hope a well, while I don't, I'm not going to say, I hope I don't sound that way, but I don't think I sound that way. Granted, I don't generally listen to my own voice often, but like my, one of my children who's on the spectrum, they're, Mm. I don't know how I should word this appropriately, Sam, because I don't know where you sit when it comes to certain language in our community. Uh, but let's say level two. I don't know where you sit when it comes to those kind of that language or talking about. So with functioning levels, in my opinion, okay. So I think when it comes to like, like those, like the high functioning, low functioning level two, when it comes to terms of way to determine them, Mm-hmm. I think determine them. I think we need a term. Maybe, I, I, I do yeah. too. That's a very autistic like level thing to one, say. level two, level three, maybe. But really I think fun. the functioning is too harsh. Okay, you think the functioning is too harsh? Yeah. Okay. Because, uh, help me understand from your point of view. Talent, like, and you see, a Meredith got talent. Yes. When you talk to him, he's probably like a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. But he plays that piano. He becomes a thirty-year-old man. So why are we saying he's low functioning if he's functioning pretty darn well while playing the piano? So, so I will, I will say, um, because I used to prior to doing the podcast and prior to looking into the community as much as I have since we started the podcast, I will say I used to use the function language a lot 
But my background is also in counseling and psychology. So to me, when you're saying somebody is higher or lower function, it's not necessarily a matter of like, are they capable of doing certain things, but it's more about the, the domains of functionality in life. In like, if a person needs somebody with them, a caregiver, if you will, a nurse, or they just need a parent there more than somebody else, you would say that they're less functional because they're not as independent. They need more support. Yeah, they need more support. Yeah. And that's why like when I started looking into it and people were like, no, I don't like high function, low function. To me, it was – it kind of put me off because it was like we're not saying you're less of a human. I Personally, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. When I would say somebody's higher or lower function, I wasn't saying – better or worse human. I was just saying that the person needs more assistance than somebody else. But now I've come to learn more of what I guess more uh, people on the spectrum want, want to accept for that language, which is the level one, level two, level three. And then there's a group of people who also want it to be um, more support needs or less support needs. And I think they all kind of basically equate to the same thing. I like that better because yeah, higher support needs. That sounds more like, okay. You just need support right. when you're trying to go to the bathroom. Yes. So you you like the more focus on uh, the level of support a person needs opposed to comparatively to and uh, neurotypical people because that's really where right. the function language the, came using from. Using the word function makes it sound like the person is less of a person. I yeah. Guess. I mean, some people Even equate it that way. That's not necessarily what the intention was, right. but that's just how it sounds. Right. And I will say when it comes to all of this language about support <clears throat> or function or levels, I, I really think, and I really wish this for all human beings to do it more. My bad, dude. I tapped the microphone. My bad. Um, I hope it didn't blow anybody's eardrums out. All right. No. Um, I really wish people would ask more questions of the individual that sang it. Because like being somebody who deals with counseling a lot, there's a lot of misconceptions about things and people just are so quick to give a judgment, so quick to jump down somebody's throat and like, oh, I've heard somebody say that before. This is what that other person meant. So this must be what you mean. No, ask me the question. Because like for me, I don't look down on anybody when I'm saying something like they're less functional. All I'm saying in that is just that Maybe they're they're not keeping up with their hygiene or maybe they can't hold a job. Maybe they're having a tough time in relationships compared to other people, but that's not making them less of a person. That doesn't make them less capable of those things. It's just they're not, you know, at an average level for it, I guess you'd say. So I have started to change my own language with it. For one, because I want to be able to actually have conversations with people, but also because like I want to invoke people to ask me well, how do you see it? Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. that does make sense. Okay. I mean, that's something that like when I'm posting as on the spectrum, that's something I try to get across to people is don't assume you know what I mean. Ask me, what do I mean? Like, don't make the assumption. And I will say uh, people have been kind of receptive well, it's not like to that. People on the spectrum are misunderstood very often so no none of us are ever misunderstood everyone always clearly knows what we're saying um that actually reminds yeah, me of the I, function that's... language have yeah. you heard of aspie supremacy oh i really have have you heard so of it, sam no i have not okay so it's related to the function language when it, yeah. like people certain people think that uh people who identify as aspie or like higher functioning or mm-hmm. whatever that they're almost like um there's a they they feel like they're better than everyone else who's autistic or something like that. I don't know. I didn't know if you'd heard of that before. I have. I have. Uh, and actually, even though they took away Asperger's syndrome as a name <laughs> or a term, there are people who were like uh, function supremacy. Yeah. And then my favorite one was uh, what was that? Masking supremacy is is one I recently saw. You're a masking supremacist. You know, I'd probably be a lot less anxious if I had masked less. But you know. How do you let, let's bring Sam into that? Sam, how do you feel about masking? Uh, how well do you think you mask? As well as, do you think it holds a function for people to be able to mask? I mask. I mask pretty well. You wouldn't know I had autism unless you lived with me. Once you start seeing I can't cook a pizza, you're like, all right, yep. Uh, but okay. as far as I hide it, all right, but. Honestly, there have been times when I'm in the store, I haven't been able to mask, where I've had a sensory meltdown at a younger age because of the Walmart buzzer going off. But 
for the most part, I try to keep it contained. And a lot of times I also have some anger issues mm-hmm. and that comes with the autism. But I don't mask that. I mean, mm. if I get mad, I'm going to get mad at that moment. I'm not going to wait to explode at the car. I'll get mad at that moment. Which it's probably is, better like, for you to let it out then than to just let it build up. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll, you, you might mentioned see the pizza thing. <laughs> Can you explain that to me a little bit? The pizza thing? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's maybe so a weird I, question, but you said that if somebody sees you trying to make a pizza... What do you mean by that? Yeah, I'm not. The reason I said that is I do not drive. There's some motor skills of mine that I lack. So okay. I'm not the oh, best okay. driver. Nor am I the best chef in the world. I can only cook eggs. So okay. my point I don't know if that was is, an inappropriate question. I just was curious what you meant by pizza. Oh, no, you're fine. Like you're saying, I'm an open book. You ain't going to bother me. But Good. you see, like, oh, Dan can run a podcast and he can edit, do all the recording. He can plan some events. What but if it's a frozen pizza? You, you can't cook pizza, pizza, Steve. Jesus. I'm fixated on the pizza now. You really Sam. are. You really are. Sam, I will say this much like, you know, self admittance, you said you can't make a pizza, but you were able to organize the gala that you did. Um, You're able to run a podcast for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know what I mean? So, sure, you can't cook, but you can do all those other things rather well. Uh, I would say, you know, even for like me and Steve, uh, there are some things we're not necessarily all that great at. Um, and I will say, getting back to the masking By thing, the way, if they want pizza real quickly, meat lovers is the way to go. I don't care what you both say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. so if we ever get a pizza together, I know what to get you. Yeah, yeah. If we come yeah, to exactly. the Yeah. Hmm. Put all the meat on there, I'm happy. And jalapenos occasionally. I'm a, I like jalapenos on my pizza, too. Jalapenos? Uh, back up, back up. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Sorry, Sam. Uh, no, now I'm peeking out like all hell. Bring it down a little bit. All right, fine. I'll leave it alone. Sorry, I got obsessed with the fact that I'm seeing a red light on our audio box it's, thing. It's fine. Okay, sorry. So I got a little obsessed there, so leave it alone. The levels are good, Nick. All right, it's a tism moment. Leave me alone, all right? So anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Pizza? pizza. Masking. Masking. masking, masking. Yeah, I, I like Hawaiian pizzas because I like pineapple on my pizza, all right? Oh, um, there's something wrong with you buddy i hate pineapple on the pizza yeah, it's not the autism it's the pineapple <laughs> yeah. on the pizza that's what's wrong with you that's it that's it it's not the tism it's the pineapple yeah yeah um masking so one of the reasons why i brought that up is because i actually just figured out the other day uh because i am kind of new in my diagnosis because like i said i'm late diagnosed i just figured out the other day that i have consistently in my life used anger frustration agitation uh irritability as kind of a way to mask the way I was actually feeling um, and kind of use it as a, because believe it or not, somebody being agitated and irritated and frustrated is far more socially acceptable than our meltdowns are. Like somebody getting highly emotional in anger is far more acceptable than somebody having, you know, one of our type of meltdowns. <coughs> Excuse me. I know. And it's that way sometimes that, People rather accept us getting angry than us getting looked at for having a meltdown. Right. Bigger. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They'd they'd rather have us throw in a fit in public than having us like emotionally just just gone. Because it's it, it's something more relatable. It's easier to understand. Well, yeah, it's more palpable for people that way. Because people can understand anger, but yeah. they may not understand a meltdown. Right. They might not understand us being so like sensory overwhelmed completely. I actually had a meltdown during karate the other day. Like I had the top of my gi on, it was a little tight and I was sweating and I hate water touching my skin and it was horrible. I had a complete meltdown, but I just kept doing my moves anyway. Oh, I love Taekwondo too. I was sitting there in karate, love that. I'm a black belt too. Oh my God, that's awesome. Well, you'll be very impressed, Sam. I am an advanced yellow belt. Yeah. Well, yeah I I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> The fact that you stuff, you're still staying with it, that gives you so keep doing that, man. But yeah. definitely karate, I think it's useful for those on the spectrum because you'll learn how to control your actions and learn some self-discipline. That's true. That's very, very true. The only thing at the the um the dojo that Nick goes to, they make him uh on his belt around uh, around his gi, they they put puzzle pieces on it. Oh geez. I'm not sure why they just pin puzzle pieces <laughs> to his belt. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, Sam. That was a joke. Oh, oh my God. All right. Um, 
Hey, there's nothing wrong with a good puzzle piece. No, <laughs> again, apparently. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, wow. <laughs> Sam's never coming back now. Yeah, he's never coming back. Um, <clears throat> Sam, uh, so what, what, like you just had a gala, by the way, and that's why I actually brought it up earlier because uh, I listened to three of your episodes in a row uh, over the last couple of days and it talked about you doing a gala and also a couple of speaking engagements that you had recently, or at least it sounded like recently. Uh, can you tell me about the gala itself? Yeah, I can, I can, well, I can remember, sure, because I slept then. But anyway, um, I'll do my best to do it for you. Right, so you. we had a gala. There was a silent option. We had a raffle for a couple of, no, what? It was a raffle for stuff, a brand new television, game console. Um, let's see what else. We had our keynote speaker, Rich Beto, for the listeners. See, 225, get to the beat, giving the beat. Giving the beat to Rich Bell for more information, but a wonderful guy. He has definitely have a story. He has a stepson who's on the autism spectrum. Awesome. He's battled depression and bipolar disorder and mm. alcoholism. Okay. Nick fits and all he's of those. Person, hey, so, nicest people you love to meet. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um what kind of gala was it? Like how did it come about and what kind of prompted you to do such a thing? Well, I didn't know what a gal was. It was just a fancy dinner when I learned, but yeah. it was really my mother's death, so take take blame her for that one. <laughs> but anyway, the gala itself is just like a fancy dinner where it's a silent option and some vendors. It's pretty cool, but it was more of a that what for me it was kind of a formal tie event, but you had to dress up for the event. You could have worn whatever, guests could have worn anything they wish. I don't care really. I'm not that nitpicky. Yeah. But it was definitely fun. We had it in Bloomington. So Nice, nice. Okay. He, he, um, he lives near Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam, is is anyone – this is probably a really stupid question, but whatever. There's no stupid questions, just stupid people. Wait, Because no, I know that – I've been, I've been talking to Nick and a lot of other people recently and kind of opening up about some of the, the downsides of like the way people treat you when you're autistic. Uh in your own experience, like what what are like maybe some of the things that have been difficult for you? Like, have people treated you badly in the past? Have people like been on treated you unfairly, um, or maybe pigeonholed you in a certain way because of your autism? Um, there have been times. I mean, dang, all right, I can think of one. In sixth grade, they had an assembly. I don't remember the speaker because I was getting I was busy getting jabbed in the back with pencils. And the rule was the teacher can't move. Well, being the guy I am and being on the spectrum, I'm not going to disobey and be and start any drama and go tell teacher, hey, I need to move because I'm not allowed to. Well, okay, I won't move. So, yeah, the whole entire time I got jabbed in the back with pencils. But then after that, let's just say Mama Bear came out because my mom's a teacher at that same school and she was at the assembly. And apparently both of those boys got their ass ripped. So there were a couple of guys who were bullying you? Yeah. For no, not for nothing, and I did nothing to them. All I literally did was just sitting there, minding my own business. Well, I mean, that's that's how bullies work, right? They just find somebody and pick on them. They don't really necessarily even have a rhyme or a reason. Can I ask I know, you? That's, uh, that's, 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 that's the sad part. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you another question? Have you um, uh, kind of related to that? So you have you had your experiences with school and now in college? Have you? Um, have you? I don't know uh, about some of your, you know, your personal background. Have you uh, had any like long term jobs before, besides school? Uh, not really. No. Yeah, I should say it's for more often interviews than I think of it. But um, for a summer, for let me see, three summers, I helped my dad with um, hay, like picked up hay bales, some on the trailer. I bet a lot of you. Old, not saying YouTube, but a lot of old folks who listen to this might recognize this. But um, we had we had a hay bale. Well, hey, hey, we had to have a trailer, put hay, load them up manually on the trailer. It was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed doing it. And I did with several other guys who are actually my friends to this day. So that's kind of a job I had. And I had it for three summers. I transferred and graduated from high school. Yeah. So, so Sam, did you grow up on a farm or something? Uh, you know, surprisingly, no, but I'm definitely from a rural area Okay. where the, okay, let's put it this way. Today, I saw a chicken running down the road be, just because, you know, he, he escaped, he escaped from the coop. 
And huh. th- there's no free candidate say you can have a chicken run down, running down the road. So my point here is if you, so I'm done from the country and I'm done from Green County because you see a chicken run down the road. Well, the, the reason I asked you about the, um, the job thing was just, uh, I know personally, one of the more difficult areas of life has been like when you, when you work a job, people sometimes less understanding when it comes to dealing with some of your artistic traits. So that's why I didn't know oh, that that's something you no, had experienced. I'm definitely from a country rural area where chickens run off. Right. Um, yeah, so me and Steve are actually from a, a little bit larger of an area. Um, I grew up right next to Hartford, Connecticut for most of my life, and Steve's been in and around the Providence area most of his life. Providence, Rhode Island, that is. Um, so, like, I... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry about that. I'm dying of allergies. Ooh, got lightheaded from that cough. So, yeah, so, like, when it comes to you talking about chickens and hay... I think we saw a movie once about that or with that in it. Yeah. I, I'm definitely from a more metropolis area. Uh, I'm from Harvard, Connecticut. So. Uh, I, I hear you. I, yeah. I, I definitely like some big cities, but I'm not going to live there, but I definitely love to travel and see the world world. So through the speaking, I got to do a lot of traveling. I've spoken in Oklahoma, uh-huh. Orlando, Canada, and Washington, D.C., but I've also traveled. I'm a big traveling guy. I like to do for one of my hobbies, actually. I traveled to Texas, nice. San Antonio. And I've been to, let's see, Sarasota, Florida. I've cool. been to Washington, D.C. just for a trip. And Mississippi for a fishing trip, which happens to be one of my other hobbies, not one of my big-time hobbies, which, like I said, I love. I like to fish, but I don't love to fish. So, But I don't mind fishing here and there. And But my favorite two places I've been to, i got to be honest, is one of them I'm, I live five hours from, and that's Nashville, Nashville, mm. Tennessee. Love it. It's definitely a paradise for a music geek like yourself, or not yourself, myself. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, a couple of years ago, I took, because uh, I, I went to college late in life, and uh, I decided I was going to have a spring break for once. Uh, you know, I didn't do it in my 20s. I didn't go to college in my 20s. I was in my uh, mid-30s. And I decided I was going to take a you know spring break that final year I was in college. And I drove down from Connecticut, where I was living at the time. I drove down to Memphis. And so I, I ended up driving through Nashville. And I've hung out there years and years ago, like almost 20 years ago, I hung out in Nashville as well. But it is an absolutely beautiful city, right? Uh, Memphis is a cool place. If you have not been to Memphis, Sam, go to Memphis, hang out there for a little while. I'll take that under consideration, but my favorite place, guys, I gotta uh-huh. be honest. Yeah, it's that I like my place, like in the top three. But my but the best place to go for me is Destin, Florida, because it's definitely tropical. It's almost like Hawaii in a city, in my opinion. Like it's pretty pretty special. Really? And I'll tell you this: like to have some fun, it's some fun things for you to do. And if you like seafood, have some of the best seafood restaurants you'll ever eat at. That's you wonderful. got Maui Mountain. Tuna, let's see, salmon, I mean, amberjack fish, which I never heard of until Destin. So those are some ideas okay. for you. And and it's called Destin, Florida? Yep, D-E-S-T-I-N. So like Destin or that's the Y. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. I mean, you're saying it's good seafood, which is kind of talking my language. Oh, it's really good, man. I, I would not. Like I said, it's why it actually hosts the restaurant to my dad. Well, mm-hmm. the place actually hosts, hosts again, the place, Justin, hosts my dad's favorite restaurant, which is the Back Porch. The, what's it called? The Back Porch. The Back Porch. As opposed to the Correct. Front Porch. Of, uh, yes, opposed to the Front Porch, yes. Uh, okay, that's kind of cool. It, so, it's, like I said, man, I, 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 leave, I leave Justin every time happy. Now, Going there here and there, you want to break from it after a while because once you go three times, you're done. But mm-hmm. it's definitely a good place to see for like a first time vacation or the first time you see it. It's pretty good. Hey Sam, I got a, I got a, uh, a question for you that Nick might already know the answer to, but I don't. Okay, um, how did you come up with the name Autism Rocks and Rolls? Seriously? Before yeah. wait, hold on, Sam. Before you answer that question, hold on just a second, Sam. Really, you're going to ask that question? Yeah. 
you you didn't notice the fact that he talked about how much he liked rock and roll and how oh, okay. it it helped him out being able to do blood noises it, and sensory okay. issues auditorily and stuff like that. I didn't connect it in my yeah, head. No, and he's also autistic, by the way. Just so you know, just so you don't have to ask that question, he is on the spectrum as well. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam, I'll now throw the question to you. Now that I just gave him a load of crap, um, well, how come autism rock and roll? Well, I mean, first of all, he already answered the question, so I won't go into that. But you wonder why autism rocks and rolls is pretty simple. It's definitely a bigger spectrum, and there's a lot more prevalence with it. I think we went from one in forty-five to one twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of something. But the reason why it rocks and rolls, it's pretty simple. I think that the way we think might be a little different. Mm-hmm. And we might be playing our drum a little different. Like, you hear your sounds with the rock and roll music. That's true. A lot of people on the spectrum love rock and roll music because of let, let go, their anger. But I think also for those on the spectrum, and for those, rock and roll music is for, and I hate, and I'm not trying to label these people, but I hate this label. If you want me to describe them, mm-hmm. is the ego, which means the people with emotional problems, like borderline personality disorder. Right. With so, I mean, it's honestly a serial killer's heaven. But it also, right. but people don't get that. For those who are different, like myself, or for others with purple hair, or with those who have issues, mental or physical, mm-hmm. it can be a safe zone. It can release some of that anger that they have on them, not because of <sighs> others, but because of just the way we were born and because of ourselves. Right. So... Okay. Since rock and roll seems to be something that's important to you, what are some of your favorite bands? Oh no! And songs? Oh no! Oh well, I don't want to hear. Oh, I got a lot of them, buddy. But um, let's see. So ACDC is definitely one of my bands. What, I what, love. Wait, it's what was time, it? ACDC. Time, oh, ACDC. It's a tie between ACDC and Nickelback. Those two are just hands down. I know a lot of people like Nickelback, but or don't like Nickelback, but I'm. I do. I'll be honest with you. I mean, they were the first one I saw. So it's not this time about the first time you don't let go with. Look right. at this photograph. Just stop. Just stop. Okay. Uh, who? Well, what's your second? I actually saw Nickelback <clears throat> in concert uh, when you I was know, in high school. Them in Indy when they came, but but damn, we had a talk. We got my dad. Wait, did um, you say Andrew yeah. WK? Mm-mm. No, I said oh. um. Um, Nickelback was going to be in Indy on the 19th oh. of August, but before that concert, we had we bought my father, uh, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top tickets, That's which right. are also my favorite bands as well. So, I'm a big fan of ZZ Top, giving that up for him, and I like to see Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top too. Don't know all their songs, but hey, what are you gonna do, right? Don't mind learning some of them. Uh, I and would definitely enjoy li- watching uh, ZZ Top, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, Elvis Presley, yeah, mm-hmm. I like the old Elvis. Uh, Guns and Roses, that's probably a good one for me too. Okay. And uh, Five Finger Death Punch. And Hail, Hailstorm, that's another one. That's another one. Iron Maiden, that's another one of mine. Mm-hmm. And let me think. Is there's one pop and oh, Megadeth and Papa Roach. Oh, there. Papa Roach? They're like a... Yeah. No, I know who they are. I'm not saying that out of confusion, Steve. I'm saying that because I'm pretty sure Sam is like 10 years younger than you. And I'm kind of confused that he knows who Papa Roach is. Well, he knows Iron Maiden. That's like old. Yeah, but Iron Maiden's been kicking for so long and they've always been touring and stuff. Leonard Skinner, that's like seven years. Oh, and Motley Crue. Motley Crue. That's the other one. Motley Crue. I couldn't think of the name. I was thinking, what is that? Uh, honestly, you threw out so many other like hard rock and metal groups. I figured Motley Crue was in so, there. So uh, I have a question too. It's not directly related to the music, but if you could have anybody be on your podcast, who would it be? And the only well, answers was. acceptable are Nick and Steve. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Sam, if you could have anybody I, on your podcast, who would you have? Well, uh, it would have been Mick Foley, but if they never had him, so look out that green. So you've already peaked. Uh, but if I yep. had on, it would be um, Eminem and Gordon Ramsay. Those are Gordon? that's two good picks. I wouldn't have wow. thought of. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of those either. 
Well, do you think, do you think spec- Eminem knows anything about autism? Well, actually, there's speculation that he is autistic, and he's actually put it in his lyrics. Could be. It was, I know he used to or get like, super fixated on it, writing his lyrics. Oh, yeah. Like, people at his childhood. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the show to share his bad childhood experiences, because that can inspire a lot of people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Sam, what do you got coming up for you? Because I know you're a very busy human being. You got some college you're going to be doing. But uh, are there any uh, podcasts that you're going to be on or any special guest appearances somewhere or any uh, talks that you're giving somewhere that you want to kind of promote right now? Well, as far as um, guests, though, other than the ones that I kind of told you, let's just say stay tuned because I keep that kind of a secret. Oh, okay. Just because um don't want to spoil that and keep keep you guys somewhat intrigued but mm-hmm. i don't mind spoiling some about the nonprofit. so as far as speaking engagements i have one coming up in stewart florida and then i'll be going back to orlando again for an education conference nice. and then in august we're having a arar summer party which means it's just gonna be like a festive fun festival with live music our bands will be playing with it's all access band and a blues person who my dad introduced me to, and after seeing him once, I fell in love with his music, even though I listened to it live and I didn't like it. And as far as the studio cross, went to see him in person, loved it. Uh, the doctor himself, Duke Tomato. Oh, wow. Cool. That's very awesome. All right. So that's what you got coming up. That's very, very cool. And, you know, just in case you were wondering, yes, me and Steve would love to come on your show at some point if that's something you'd be willing to have. As well as, I know, Steve, it's shameless promoting. It's what I do, man. It like any opportunity possible. All right. So, uh, Sam, I will say keep rocking your podcast solo because when you have a partner, you have to watch your partner react to everything you say. And that's not always the coolest thing in the world, but sometimes it's kind of hilarious, too. Yeah, I get it. Don't don't worry. I I plan on going solo because I just don't work well with others. Yeah, neither does <laughs> Steve. Can't. Yeah, neither does Steve. Yeah, I constantly <laughs> fight with him all the time. Yeah, it's true because he's wrong all the time. Because I'm something I'm passionate about, stay the hell away from it. Yeah, that's uh, Steve is the exact same way, but I'm really really determined, and so I don't let him. We'll leave things alone. I get really fixated on like the audio and visual stuff. He does so much. And I focus more on like content kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Sam, thank you very much for uh, coming on our show. We really appreciate it, my man. It was actually really cool getting to know you a little bit. Uh, it was actually quite an honor for us to have you on, especially having somebody who is on the spectrum and doing it successfully. Like you're making life rock for you. And that's very cool, man. Thank you very much for coming on. Not a problem, bro. And thank you guys again for listening. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Absolutely.